Hey guys, welcome to the show today. We have a very important episode for you with my good friend and guest, Pastor John Amanchukwu. You have heard him on our podcast before. He spoke at the Love Life California conference I put on in January. You recently joined Charlie Kirk for a Freedom Night in Dream City Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And he recently wrote a new book called Erased, which you have to pick up about the diabolical satanic intertwining of the racist CRT agenda and the abortion agenda. You're not going to want to miss his new book. He joins me, however, today to respond to Emmanuel Acho's Uncomfortable Conversations series, most recently on Roe versus Wade, pro-life versus pro-choice. And yet everyone who joins Emmanuel Acho on this series favors abortion and refuses to call it for the evil that it is. Far from being uncomfortable, everyone on that panel was quite comfortable and were like clapping seals for one another every time they defended the murder of children in the womb. However, at least half of this panel in this now viral conversation on abortion claim the name of Christ. They claim to be Christians, and yet their wolves' clothing is quite evident. And Pastor John and I were so infuriated by those who were maligning the name of Christ and the image of God in the womb that we thought it'd be very important to respond to this heretical piece and the lies made in this video, which are reaching hundreds of thousands with pro-abortion agenda talking points and lies. You're in for a treat. Buckle up. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thanks for joining us. Hey, man. Thank you for having me on. What a joy it is to go live <laughs> with America's pro-life champion, the one <laughs> and the only Seth Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you, brother. Guys, John is like this all the time. He is such a passionate, fired up dude. Uh, whose energy I can't quite match, which if you know me is rare. Most people can't quite match my energy. So John, you're, you're an absolute gift, brother. It's good to, it's good to connect with you again. Um, we're going to talk about a lot, you guys. Thank you for your patience and tuning in. Um, <clears throat> if you're not aware of who John Amanchukwu is, you need to become aware of it. He is an Ezekiel a watchman, a son of Issachar for our times a rising voice in the culture wars, which as John and I well know, we're always just a proxy war for the spiritual war. And uh, the church is starting to wake up and realize that. Charlie Kirk had John Amachuku up recently for a Freedom Night at Dream City Church. You need to go check out. And at the end of our conversation together today, John is going to share about his new book, which I was excited to discuss with him before it was released and uh, very excited for you guys to all read as well. Uh, but John, um, I wanted to have you on. I guess people might accuse me of tokenism, but I don't really freaking care. I don't care about race. But since we're playing that stupid game in America today, um, I, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll go out of my way to show that this is an ideology and a spiritual warfare, uh, not a racial warfare. Um, because you've been accused of being an Uncle Tom, and you've been accused of pretty disgusting racist labels uh, because you actually follow the word of God and you preach the full counsel. Um, and yet you, your book is a, a partial reaction to 
a lot of the silence in the church, that's right. And you, I want, you're going to give a whole preview of that at the end here, brother, but also to a lot of the deception in black America regarding the rates of abortion, regarding the rate at which black America votes for the Democrat party, yes. which you and I would argue is their greatest enemy. Um, and so that all brings us to this recent video. And this is what we're going to discuss today. This guys is why you're on here. It's what we advertised. Uh, a young man named Emmanuel Acho. He's a former NFL football player. I think he has a spot at Fox Sports News or something like that. He says he's a believer. He says he follows Jesus. He says he's a Christian, John. Um, and so does about half of the people he had onto a YouTube special called Uncomfortable Conversations. And he's done these before on other topics. But this one was called Pro-Life, Pro-Choice. And it's included Chelsea Smith, who's Judah Smith's wife. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit, actually, of the pro-life background of that family, which makes the, uh, their abdication all the more tragic. Um, but you and I watched this whole piece. We're going to address this together, brother, because it's going, it's taking off. I was getting messages from Christians all around the country saying, can you respond to this? And, of course, Emmanuel's posting these reels of segments from it that are taking off as well. And, and now I'm about to defer over to you, brother. But here's why people love this kind of stuff, that what I'm going to call this kind of crap. Um, it's what I call middle wayism. It's what I mm. called third wayism. No one has perfected middle wayism better than Tim Keller. Mm. And all it is is it, it's spiritual abdication, but it makes yourself feel better because you're more nuanced. That term nuance occurred a lot in this video. Right. Uh, you're in the you're in the gray area. You take the middle way. The problem with standing in the middle of the road, John, is that you're going to get run over by a truck. And that's never been more true than in 2020 in America today. But this video, unfortunately, goes a little bit further than middle wayism. Some of the people express that. But this goes a bit further, John. They actually express full-blown support for lynching babies in the womb through abortion. So before we get into the nitty-gritty, I wanted to get your thoughts in response to this, brother. So first and foremost, this show, um, which is called Uncomfortable Conversations with Emmanuel Acho. He does a good job at saying that in the beginning, but it, the conversation wasn't uncomfortable. It was a carnal conversation. Whoa. It was a low-hanging fruit conversation for people who think one way. Wow. One individual on the panel who was pro-life. You didn't have an individual on the panel who was abortion-minded at one point, but they decided to keep their baby. You know, right. I look at the show, you see um, wow. four blacks, one black male and three black women and one white woman. And for those who come from my side of the track, which my side of the track is truly uh, poverty, you know, and, and having meager means growing up, um, countless people would tell you that, hey, my mother aborted me because um, when she kept wow. me, lived in a shelter for nearly a year. Wow. I remember me and my siblings rationing out milk and, ch and Cheerios. Wow. You know, we would fight over who got the most milk. And people would tell my mother, you know, she should have aborted us because, you know, she was in poverty, but she didn't decide, decide to. Wow. Here's the reality, uh, Seth. Blacks have become the cheap prostitutes of the Democratic Party. They screw us and barely pay us and keep coming back for more. Whoa. <laughs> That's 
the issue of what we are dealing with. You know, we didn't do this in the beginning. Let's have a quick word of, word of prayer because I, I'm not PC, but I'm getting ready to drop the hammer. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we ask today that you would give us the wherewithal to address these issues in kindness, in peace, in love, but also in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and, brother. And so, and so here it is. The left knows that they can manipulate the black community through keeping us in a proverbial state of being low information voters. Emmanuel Acho is the kind of black man that Margaret Sanger loved. The, the, the kind, Whoa. I, and I'm going to use her terms today. Uh, Margaret Sanger called blacks Negroes. She also called us human weeds. Emmanuel yep. Acho, and I hope, I pray that he watches this. I yeah. hope that he sees it. He's a very successful uh, man, you know. Um, he's an ESPN analyst. He played uh, professional football. He seems mm. to be uh, doing, doing well. But at the end of the day, if he's propagating abortion and supporting abortion, he is supporting the demise of his own people. And right. I want all babies to live. I want the white baby to live. I want the Pacific Islander baby to live. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I want uh, the Hispanic baby to live, the Asian baby. But you know, looking at me, all right, you know, this is not a tan, Seth. <laughs> I want chocolate-colored babies to live Amen. as well. And the last thing that I'm going to do is to take my influence and mm. place it uh, behind a godless agenda that seeks to eliminate the black population. Wow. That's and right. so here it is. Um, a, a pastor by the name of Clenard Childress, he said this. Mm -hmm. He said that if the black abortion rate continues at the same rate that it is at, then by 2038, Blacks would be extinct. Wow. All right. Now, if, if you are Black, the last thing that you should be doing is celebrating, you know, a woman's right to choose. And we need to finish that statement. Mm -hmm. A woman's right to choose what? What? Right. To choose what? You know, the, the marketers... That um, that used that choice, you know, they were savvy, they were crafty. You know, at the end of the day, who doesn't want a choice? You okay. know, when you go to Baskin Robbins, you get choices, <laughs> right? Who, who 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 doesn't who doesn't want that? Okay, but at the end of the day, what choice are we talking about? We're talking about the choice of killing an innocent baby in the womb. Okay. Also, the same week that we celebrated Juneteenth and the mm -hmm. potential of it becoming a federal holiday, all that stuff that President Joe Biden uses to keep, you know, black smiling, right? That's right. 
he knows how to make Negroes smile, right? <laughs> wow. Smile real nice. In the same week that we celebrated Juneteenth, all right, we saw the overturning of Roe v. Wade. That's right. Yep. Same people who were happy about what happened in Galveston, Texas, they frowned at the mm. overturning of Roe v. Wade. Wow. Nailed it. It's the truth. That's powerful. John, you, that's, uh, I couldn't think of a more powerful way to, to preface uh, and intro our, our, our time together today, brother. So grateful for you. That's, that's more power, uh, fire, and frankly, spiritual clarity uh, than most pastors will ever say from the pulpit, brother, yeah. um, except for our friends Rob McCoy and Jack Hibbs and, and, and many others that we could list for another 30 seconds. But, um, but God is using you powerfully, brother, and, and I'm grateful um, and pray along with you that mm. Emmanuel watches this. And let me just say this now before we dive into some of the claims made in this Uncomfortable Conversations video, um, that Emmanuel, if you're watching this, uh, we would absolutely welcome a dialogue. Um, if, uh, if you don't want to talk to me because you think I'm a white Christian nationalist, uh, then, then talk to John, but we would love to speak with you together uh, and sure. welcome you into a recorded dialogue that actually is uncomfortable, Correct. but respectful. Um, because right. what you did, brother, was not uncomfortable. Uh, right. You just got uh, seal claps from women who already agreed with you. Uh, and you looked very comfortable, in fact. And so, <laughs> uh, but we will release this on the podcast as well, because it's not purely because of this video in particular, John. Um, mm. It's for what it represents. Yes. It represents the rot in evangelicalism. And it also represents the failure of Christians and the pulpit to speak with clarity on these issues. Yes. The fact that we didn't have major Christian leaders and pastors like Rick Warren, Tim Keller, Ed Spencer, yes. David Platt, uh, like, uh, and some other pastors that I actually kind of like, um, responding to this kind of stuff immediately and contending for the faith and the truth in the digital marketplace of ideas um, is, is a real tragedy because we know if these same people, John, did a video about how we need to kill white people and we need to lynch them yeah. in the womb uh, uh, or, or just kill white babies, infants, I mean, it would, be, it would be national headlines. But as long as the children are in the womb, John, right. then it's, it's, it's just healthcare is totally acceptable. Uh, and so uh, the first thought I had from this, John, I want to get your response to this. C.S. Lewis had this powerful line in his book, The Great Divorce. Mm. And he actually is talking about himself and some of his friends yes. um, in, where they once found themselves, okay? But it applies to so many people in Christianity with influence, John, with a platform, with a place at the table who aren't willing to sacrifice that for speaking truth. And here's what C.S. Lewis said, John. He said, they simply found themselves in contact with a certain current of ideas. And they plunged into it because it seemed modern and successful. You know, they just started automatically writing the kind of essays that got good marks and saying the kind of things that won applause. They were afraid of a breach with the spirit of the age, afraid of ridicule, having allowed themselves to drift, unresisting, accepting mm -hmm. every half-conscious solicitation from their desires. 
they reached a point where they no longer believed the truth. Ooh. That was the quote that occurred to me oh. when I watched that video. Powerful. They reached the point that they no longer believed the truth. That's right. And as we see pulpit after pulpit preach a sugar-coated gospel. That's right. Right? A diabetic word. Whoa. <laughs> to the body of Christ. In so much that the church is no longer the salt of the earth. We are mm. the sugar of the earth. Mm. <laughs> Come on. We seek to make things sweet. That's mm. one effect. That's the Joel Osteen That's effect. Right. You call some of the white brothers' name. Let me call some of the black brothers' name. That's uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant. Mm. That's uh, Creflo Dollar. Yeah, TD <laughs> that, Jake. That's T, T, that's TD Jakes, large ministry, strong influence. Not only is he a pastor, but he makes movies, right? Yep. But he's not going to touch issues like this with a ten-foot pole because he's more concerned with keeping people comfortable. Wow! Here's the thing: in order for a person to be converted, to be converted into the faith. You, you don't reach, reach a person through comfortability. You reach them through conviction. Wow. Right? That's right. It's, it's the conviction of the gospel that wins the lost. Mm. But Amen. we are bringing people into the church under this banner of cheap grace. You're right? Yep. Cheap, cheap grace and God is love and love is God, which is true. <laughs> Okay. Right. Say, yes, God is love, but you can't say love lo lo love is love is God and love is love simply because there's some kinds of love that are not godly. The that's love right. that a pedophile has towards a child, wow. that's not a godly form of love. That's but these right. but these pastors, these preachers, they are failing to preach the unadulterated word of God. Amen. And yes. Everyone is talking about a revival and a great awakening in the church. Right. Yeah. The scriptures, you know, you see that there's going to come a falling away. Yep. The apostasy of the church where people, that's right, they'll be itching ears. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? What's sweet. And they're trying to um, itch, itch, scratch, scratch, scratch people's ears. And so yep. you, you see this falling away where people will stand aloof. They know the truth, but they stand back. Mm. Right? Wow. Yep. They, they, they stand away from the truth because they don't want to be um, enhanced and or illuminated by God's truth. I want you to know this. The greatest form of economic development is not lowering taxes. Although I support the lowering of taxes, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. The greatest form of economic development is not simply having a balanced budget, although I support having a balanced budget. The greatest form of economic development 
is fidelity to God. Wow. Our faithfulness to him. And we are in a famine. And we're in a famine because we have waved our fingers in the face of God. You know, we are supposed to be a nation under God. All right. But we have become a nation of little gods. Wow. Isn't that right? We command the creator. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Too short to box with God. Listen, wow. we're trying to tell God that he got it wrong. Hmm. Right? How can yep. frail man, the Bible says in the book of wow. it says this, what is man that thou art mindful, mindful. Yep. of him? What is man that God even thinks about us, that he even hmm. shatters us? What are we? That's right. That's right. And then it says in Psalm 14 and 1 that the, the fool have said in his heart that there is no God. Hmm. And Emmanuel Acho, he led that show in a disposition that showed that he did not believe that a God existed because wow. we don't need to hear what these three black sisters and that white sister has, has to say, I, I can't remember all their names, MJ yep. and something, whatever it is, yep. Yep. It, it's irrelevant to me. They were lying. Okay. Yep. We don't need to hear what they have to say. We need to know what God has. That's right. Amen. John, on that note, you're right. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. But you know what the fool also says in his heart? I can be God. You see, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm convinced yes, that sir. The, the, the greatest lie the devil ever, ever told was not to trick us into believing he didn't exist. Yes. The greatest trick the devil, uh, devil ever pulled was convincing us that we could be as gods. That's and good. that's the first lie in Genesis 3, isn't it? Yes. Take the apple, eat it, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. <laughs> and a god gets to decide who lives and who dies, don't they, John? Right. And so on, on the note that you just said, that, that we're telling God that he got it wrong and he doesn't know what he's doing. That's exactly what being pro-choice means. And if yeah. you pretend to be a pro-choice Christian, what you're telling God is that Psalm 139 was wrong, that mm. God, you are, you are not knitting together life in the womb. These children are not fearfully and wonderfully made, and you Correct. do not have a plan for their life. That's a scary thing to tell the creator of the world who holds the heavens in his hands and makes your heart beat without you asking it to do so. And so on that note, John, let's actually go to Psalm 139, because guess what Emmanuel Acho does in this video? He goes to Psalm 139. Let's go Boy, does he come away with a heretical, damning, scary, hot take on yep. Psalm 139. So, John, uh, let me throw this back to you and let me set it up this way. Emmanuel Acho turns to Chelsea Smith, who's married to Judah Smith. Now, Judah Smith was like Justin Bieber's pastor, right? He, he, but he'll never speak. He'll only speak as much truth as the spirit of the age allows him to. <laughs> because for him, there is a bargain he will strike. Right. With the spirit of the age. And that bargain will be his platform, his influence, and his cultural respectability. So like Lot yeah. in Sodom and Gomorrah, he will give away children to the sexualized secular mob in order to maintain his position of influence and authority in the secular culture. And so he turns to Chelsea Smith and says, uh, so uh, Chelsea, Christians point to Psalm 139, and they stand on that to say that abortion is wrong. He says, how can Christians read that passage 
and still empathize with women that are hurting or have hurt. Now, my first response, John, was including preborn women, including <laughs> preborn women. Right. Although you don't mean the preborn women who are hurt through limb tearing and limb dismemberment. You right. just mean their mothers, the only ones that you're actually concerned with. And then Chelsea, a pastor, John, quote unquote, she says, I have so much empathy and understanding for, pe for people who are pro-life. But then she says, we can't hinge our entire faith and theology on one verse. And she says, the rest of the verses talk about God's love and compassion. And there's more of those than there are about babies being persons, essentially, is what she's saying. And so I'm going to put my emphasis there. What did you think about that? Yeah, it, it was it was heresy. You know, she said we should put the emphasis where God places the emphasis. Okay. Um, everything that we see in scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Okay. All of this truth that's in the word of God is a place where we should put emphasis. There was no wasted word in wow. the everything is of utmost importance whether Amen. God said it once or whether he said it ten times the wow. truth is right regardless of how many times it's said That's okay? right. the truth is right and so she points out Psalm 139 and you know you notice she didn't even bring a bible on the set, you know, the right uh, pastor, yeah. she, she, no Bible, you know, so, so no, no way to be able to determine whether or not what she was saying is true or not, you know, right. I, I, I have wow. a Bible here, Psalm 139, she's referencing Psalm 139, verse 13, it says, for thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am filthily and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. All right, that's the wow. word of saying, listen, as God created him in the womb, his substance was not hid from God. The Bible wow. tells us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You know, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. So God sees and he knows all. Listen, as we seek to erase the Imago Dei, the image of God, right? We see two areas in society where this is taking place. It's through the abortion movement where we erase the image of God. And it's through the LGBTQ agenda. Because yeah. two men and two women coming together cannot reproduce. That's the erasing of the image of God. And then wow. we through the abortion industry. And then verse 16, it says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. All right. Wow. The smallest letter and I believe it's the Hebrew alphabet, is the jot, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a small, small mark. And the Bible speaks of us not removing a jot wow. or okay. a little from the word of God. Wow. I don't care whether or not God said something and he said it 
50 times or whether he used 10 paragraphs to make his statement. If it's stated once, we are called to live up to it. But there are there are several yep. scripture that speak to either the killing of the unborn or whether it's not or whether an individual is killing a human life in general. You know, we removed the Ten Commandments from the public school system. Yep. Okay, we removed the Ten Commandments, and now we have all these school shootings, and abortion is at an at all time high. But we also see in Exodus 20 and 13, the Bible tells us, Thou shalt not murder. Yeah. How about that? All right. Mm. For the pastor who said God's word does not speak to these issues, and we should put the emphasis where God places the emphasis, which is love. Yeah. Well, if right. you're going to emphasis on love, shouldn't you, shouldn't you consider not killing a person? Because it's yep. a loving thing, you know, to allow a person to That's live. Right. What about Proverbs 6 and 17? Well, I'll start at verse 16. Proverbs Proverb 6 and 16, and I'll read down to verse 17. It says, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. Unto wow. Right? That's a strong hate. That's a yep. strong dislike. You know, God yep. gets wroth and angry. At abominable wow. things, uh, it says a proud look, arrogant people. What we witnessed in uncomfortable conversations, this segment was was a group of individuals who have become puffed up and arrogant in their own sin and disobedience. Wow! Wow! Disobedience on parade. That's what we. <laughs> he says a, a proud look, a lying tongue, nothing but lies were told. Whoa! Yep. Yep. You know, um, yeah, we're going to get into some of those lies too. It was blatant. Yes, blatant lies. And then hands that shed. There it is. Innocent blood. Okay. Yeah. And the most innocent amongst us is mm -hmm. the baby in the womb. And so the Bible is clear on what it says. Yeah. But when you go to church and you hear, um, Two minutes of scripture mm. and 38 minutes of personality. Mm. Okay? Weak pulpits create weak Christians. That's right. Let me say that again. Everyone that posts live feed, you ought to post it. <laughs> hear that. Out of, put it on the wristband. <laughs> That's right. If, if it wasn't too long, make it a license plate. But <laughs> weak pulpits create weak Christians and we have a church that does not want Christ. Wow. You want to show me a church that's God-fearing, I will show you a church that supports, uplifts, and gives full allegiance to God's word. Amen. That's but right, a yeah. word a wordless church is a church that has no power. It's a lukewarm church. And as you watch this uncomfortable conversation segment, you know, they, they did a good job in playing the music, you know. Yeah, I know. We really yeah. got to get to the heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. Got to find yeah. a way to, you know, make people cry. That's what's going on. You know, I wanted to be um, an Olympic gold medalist. So therefore, oh. you know, I I terminated the baby in my womb. 
So you chose the gold medal, right? Over the heritage and the posterity mm. of own John, let me add to that. Sacrificing children for gold is nothing new. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yep. You're, you're yep. right. And this, or, this, to, or to golden idols. Or because to, you believed you would receive a blessing in return from some kooky pagan deity that was just Satan masquerading as an angel of light. That, this is nothing new. And I want to jump on what you said, John, about heresy. Yes. Uh, this is heresy. And this whole video was heresy. And let me prove it to you right now, okay? Yes. It is a Christological heresy. A Christological heresy to be a pro-choice Christian. Here's why, brother. It would mean that at some point, Christ mm. was fully God, mm. but not fully human, but not fully human. Jesus chooses to enter human history, John, in a uterus mm. that he wants knit together to redeem mankind from their sins. So unless you, Emmanuel Acho and Chelsea Smith and MJ Acosta Ruiz and Sanja Richards Ross want to maintain and make the argument to me that Mary had a fundamental right to murder your savior in the womb, Woo! then I don't want to hear any more of your pro-choice bigotry. Because if Christ knits life together in the womb and every baby bears the imago Dei, right? right. Right. And then that meant that Christ bore the image of God as God who submitted to the Father, who was both fully God and fully human, not at the moment of birth, John, at the moment of conception, which mm. means every other baby created in his image is also fully human with that same Imago Dei from the moment of conception. So it's a Christological heresy yes. to be pro-choice and Christian, and the pulpits ought to be saying that. And I love that you went to the scriptures, John, and let me throw out one other scripture, okay? Let's do it. In Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter one, and maybe Luke chapter two, but certainly Luke chapter one, there's a word used for baby. And it refers to when John the Baptist leaps in the womb. And I shared the reel of you today, brother, when you were at our Love Life California conference, when you were on fire and you were talking about John, the fetal John the Baptist doing backflips in the womb. When That's Mary right. walked into the room pregnant with God, who was at that moment knitting the John the Baptist together in the womb as the prenatal Christ in the womb, because he's fully God in the womb. Poof, incarnation, mind blown. And you made the point that, boom, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit as soon as uh, John the Baptist leaps in the womb, recognizing his creator in another womb in the same room. And the word used to refer to John the Baptist is the word berethos. That's mm. the word that's used to refer to baby, prenatal baby, unborn baby, John the Baptist. Okay, next chapter, John, it says Mary laid baby Jesus in the manger. Want to know what word Christ, who's the author of scripture, told the Luke? to use when he referred to the born, born baby Jesus? Right. Oh, wait, berethos. God uses the same word, John, and sees no distinction in dignity, value, or worth between the unborn child and the born child. Emmanuel Acho needs to start opening his scriptures. <laughs> you, you just made it plain. <laughs> and see, God... God's word does it every time. Amen. The litmus test for a Christian, the early onset of it is typically one who professes the faith, right? Yep. 
But if you want to know um, the stick right, the longevity of that Christian, you need to glance at whether or not they are faithful to God's word and God's yep. authority, right? Yep. Because a we have a wordless church. Mm. Because of this, we have many believers who are who are stooped and they don't, don't know the word. They don't know the word, and so they don't know how to govern themselves. It's profession and practice, okay? Yep. And how can you practice if you don't have instructions? And the Bible is the basic, you know, instructions before yep. leaving earth. The Bible is more current than tomorrow's newspaper. And I'm not going yes. to... I'm not, I'm not going to stop talking about the Bible in this segment because the uh, the show, Uncomfortable Conversations, talking about abortion, it was a Bible-less <laughs> yep, uh, right. segment, you know? That's right. A Christless. Yep, it, was a, Christless. it was a Christless. Uh, it's what Bonhoeffer called cheap grace. Um, yeah. Hey, John, let's, let's, let's look at a couple claims here. I want to start with one, I, and then I want you to bring more prophetic Ezekiel fire to us. Um, but I wanted to make this comment, and I, I want you guys tuning in to listen to this. Thanks for your comments. Put in more comments. If you have any questions, we'll try to get to them. Uh, give John some love. Uh, and if you want to bring him to speak at an event, uh, send him a message. Put it in the comments. This brother is an absolute gift to the country and the body of Christ. But um, I wanted to make this comment, John. Even if Emmanuel Acho was pro-choice, listen to me. Even if he was pro-choice, yes, he should not be celebrating abortion because I would think that he would want black people to still be increasing the representation in America. Mm. According to the Charlotte Lozier Institute in 2020, listen to this, in this was just two years ago, black <laughs> women get abortions at a rate nearly four times that of white women. And that's been true, John, for three decades. Yes. For the last three decades, black women get abortions at a fourfold greater rate than white women. But black America, John, is 12 and a half, 13 percent. Black women of childbearing age of, of childbearing age are three and a half percent of the American public or four. And they obtain up to 37 percent of the annual abortions. Mm. If you're pro-choice, if you're for a woman's right to choose, you should at least have enough brain cells left to rub together to ask yourself this question. Hey, do you think that might impact Planned Parenthood's fiscal model at all? Do you think that might impact their fiscal model at all? Of course it does, which was why a study by Protecting Black Life several years ago found, John, 79% of Planned Parenthood's surgical abortion facilities are strategically located right. in majority black neighborhoods within walking distance of those homes. Yes. And lastly, this, John, and then I'm going to throw it back to you, okay? Um, there was a tweet by a Twitter account called Planned Parenthood Black Community. Planned Parenthood Black Community. That's the name of the, the, the Twitter account. And several years ago, and I've covered this on my podcast, Unaborted with Seth Gruber for many years. Here was the tweet, John. Scary stats. Scary stats. Cole, mm. what, what are those scary stats, John? Here, here's what it said. It said, if you're a black woman in America, it is statistically safer to get an abortion 
than to deliver the child. Mm. They said it's statistically safer to kill the baby for you, for mom. Of course, abortion is not safe for the baby. Than it is for the mother to give birth. Now, I've gone into the studies that have tried to claim, John, that abortion is safer than childbirth. I don't have time to do that now. Um, go to my podcast, guys, to see my treatment of that. The, the summary is this. Those studies treat abortion mortality statistics and maternal mortality statistics as the same, and they're not. And mm -hmm. so you can't trust the data. Of course, childbirth is safer than abortion. But imagine saying that as a Planned Parenthood Twitter account. Hey, Black women in America, hey, if you're pregnant, just know it's always more dangerous for you to give birth mm. than, than to have the abortion, which would mean what? That if you're a black pregnant woman in America, you should always get the abortion. If you care about your own health, your maternal health, hey, you probably got some kids. Uh, you probably should get an abortion every time because you want to protect your own body. So that, that's the agenda, right? Anyways. <laughs> oh, no. Seth, you are spot own and you are spitting fire it's 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 true you know there there was a time frame where the black abortion rate wasn't an issue and blacks quote unquote were not targeted you know as you right. say rather eloquently 79 percent of the abortuaries are in the black community right with the intent of getting blacks to go there to abort their um their babies and oftentimes some of these clinics have been documented for giving low dose uh, contraceptive <laughs> to black women as, yep. as yep. well to create additional business. Yep. Right. Yep. That's right, John. And so that 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 is that is true as well. But 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 here's where the issue lies. That time frame where you know the the, the black population rate didn't matter was during was during slavery. Mm. Right. Because we 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 needed as many <laughs> black slaves as Possible, wow, wow! Right, but I don't want to say this in a um in a, in a racist or a way, but it's more so racial. The the ideologies that have propagated have been propagated by white liberals. Mm. Okay, have been damaging by and large to the black and brown. Community. Yep. Okay, um in. You know, because even when you consider the marriage rate of blacks and whites, there was a time period from the early 1900s all the way up to around the death mm -hmm. of MLK, the black marriage rate rivaled that of... That's right. That's right. Yep. Okay. Blacks fared better under Jim Crow laws. <laughs> yep. Than we did... Than under LBJ. Exactly. And you're right. And then LBJ came along and... He brought this great society, this new deal, which is really a sour deal for blacks. And, you know, he found a way to get the black man out of the home and replaced him with a $400 check. Yeah. And here comes in 1973, all right, Roe v. Wade. Let's yeah. reduce the black numbers overall in society. Yep. Creatively, and let's bring their numbers down. Okay. Yep. While we leave our borders open, <laughs> yep. And blacks are now, in a sense, being replaced. Yep. Okay. Um, since there's a lack of commitment towards childbearing, in some cases in the black um, community, um, the Hispanic numbers have greatly, you know, 
uh, out um, past black numbers, and now Hispanics are the largest, you know, minority group. Blacks wow. hold that position, and I believe oh, yeah. time if we keep this abortion rate going, where even the Asian population rate might be larger than blacks. Yeah, yeah. Pacific Islanders and own and own. But I do yep. want to point out something. According to the Kaiser Foundation, um, yes, yes, um, the abortion rate in the Black community is a travesty. But, you know, in the work that we do, uh, Seth, we're not only trying to save Black babies, we're trying to save all babies. That's right. You know? And according to the Kaiser Foundation in Alabama, um, 30, 62% of the overall ab ab abortions were done on black women, but 30% were done on white women. In Alaska, I guess, go figure, there's not a lot of black people in Alaska. <laughs> uh, another conversation for another <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> but 7% um, seven, seven of the abortions in Alaska were done, were done on blacks and 49% were done on whites. In Arizona, 11% were done on blacks and 38% were done on, 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 on whites. And so as, as we look at these numbers, there's a pandemic in all communities, right? Yep. In the black community and even in the white community, but it's so devastating in the black community because of yep. our overall numbers. Blacks represent 13% of the overall population in our country. Yep. Only 13%. Okay, yep. uh, black men represent only five percent. Wow! So Emmanuel Acho, he represented on that show five percent of the population. Okay? Yep. And black women represent eight percent, but of the black women who are ovulating, they only represent about three to four percent of the overall population. Yep. But they account for nearly thirty. Uh, it's, some, it's oftentimes anywhere from thirty-six percent to 40 percent of yep. the overall abortions in our country okay yep. the most pro-black thing that i That's can right. is to turn my attention from defunding the police to mm. defunding planned parenthood that's right all these people who you know power to the fist and black power <laughs> all that stuff and you know it, it, uh, to all my blm people you know, for all the people who supported the anarchists of 2020, for all the people who want to say I'm black and I'm proud and I'm down with the black struggle. And, you know, the white man has done a number on mm. black people. We need to be afraid of the black of the white man with with bl with, with blonde hair and blue eyes to so all right. the Negroes out there. The most pro black thing that we can do as That's a people right. is join our forces together and work yep. to shut down as many abortion clinics as possible. If yep. you are pro-abortion, black people out there, you are not pro-black. That's right. Whoa, whoa. You have lost your ability to claim to be pro-black right. if you are pro-abortion. Okay? Amen. And Yep. that we also need to keep this in mind, Seth. Now, this might be uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable, okay? <laughs> uh, this is really uncomfortable. I'm, I'm going to say this, and many people might disagree, but I'm going to say it anyway. Send me messages, text me, whatever you need to do about what I'm getting ready to say, okay? I'm, but, I, but I have to say it. Whether you agree with me or not, 
or whether you know this to be the truth or not. If you are pro-abortion, you're also pro-racism. When you consider the foundation of the eugenics movement yep. and founded upon racism. That's right. If you propagate the ideologies of being pro-choice mm -hmm. and pro-abortion today, you are also pro-racism. So get that yep. sticker off your car. Yep, yep. Get That's that powerful. LM sign out of your yard. Yep, nailed it. And get back to the truth. And the truth is the left loves abortion. You talk about this in, 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 in a brilliant way, the sacrament yep. <laughs> of the left. Yep. What is it? That's right. Yep, the sacrament of secular progressivism. Abortion <laughs> says you must die so I can live. But Christ says, no, I must die so you can live. Come so on. rather than accepting the broken body and shed blood of Christ for eternal life, the culture of death demands that we break the bodies and shed the blood of babies for eternal life. Because a serpent told me in Genesis 3, I'm going to be like a god. Which is why <laughs> Peter Kreft, the Catholic philosopher, put it better than I ever could when he said abortion is the demonic parody yes. version of the Eucharist. Which yes. is why it uses the same holy, holy words. This is my body but with the opposite blasphemous meaning. This is my body broken for you. And the left says, this is my body. Now I will break you. Mm. It's the ultimate deification of the self. Um, yes. But what you just said, John, about if you're pro-abortion, you're pro-racism. Yes. Let me just jump on that really quick because I want to point to something MJ Acosta Ruiz said in here. Mm. So Acho, who was this just typical beta male stand in the middle of the road don't take a position moderator mm. he says do you feel like the recent supreme court decision is an attack on women again mm. you and i go uh, including freeborn women and it's like yeah. no of course not uh, it's it's the soft bigotry of the marginalization of image bearers in the womb you'll yes. notice that throughout their rhetoric in this piece john they just filter out of sight any recognition of a separate human being bearing injuries that are lethal. Right. The, that, the, the bloodshed uh, and dismemberment of that baby doesn't register anywhere right. in their conscience throughout this whole video. It's, it's sickening. But here's her response to Acho's question. Yes. She says, 100% I do. In response to the question, do you feel like the Supreme Court decision is an attack on women? 100% I do, she says. Uh, but not, and not just women. But women who are minorities and poor, communities that are poor, she says. And listen, listen to this guy. She says, who don't have the privilege, there's that word, the privilege of what? Of finding an abortion clinic. So it's a privilege a to privilege. be able to kill your child. You see what they're saying, John? Yes. You yeah. catch me? This fits into the same legacy that you just referred to. Yes. The eugenic legacy. And so let me go for 40 more seconds and throw it back to you. Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist and a racist. Before it was called Planned Parenthood, it was called the American Birth Control League. The American Birth Control League launched something called the Negro Project. And here was the goal, the goal, and I quote, and I quote of the Negro Project, the gradual suppression, elimination, and the eventual extinction of defective stocks, those human weeds 
which threaten the blossoming of the finest flowers of American civilization. Brothers and sisters, human beings, Americans listening to this, when Sanger said human weeds and defective stocks, she was referring to black people and the mentally and physically disabled. That's the legacy of eugenics. It's the slow elimination of those mm. the society deems unfit to live, those that you don't want reproducing, which makes sense that Lothrop Stoddard was on her board. Who's yeah. Lothrop Stoddard? Uh, well, he was a eugenicist who wrote a book called The Rising Tide of Color Against White World Supremacy. Oh, that's not a nice title who did a tour in Germany and interviewed Hitler and Heinrich Himmler and was given wonderful treatment. Oh, that's why she was friends with Madison Grant, who published pieces in her American birth control journal. Who was Madison Grant, John Amanchukwu? Oh, right. He was one of the founders of the American Eugenics Society. I'm sorry, the Population, uh, con the population uh, Society, yeah. um, who wrote a book called um, The Passing of the Great Race, which Hitler was reading in jail after his failed a coup attempt in Munich. And Hitler wrote him fan mail calling his book, his Bible, his Bible, because he based much of Nazi eugenic legislation on the ideas articulated by American eugenicists. Oh yeah. Madison Grant, who put a black man in a cage with a chimpanzee in a New York city Bronx zoo to mm. quote, illustrate evolution. These were Margaret Sanger's friends. Yes. So I just wanted to jump on what you said to prove to the audience how true what you just said was. She was a eugenicist. She was a demon. And she wanted less black people. Seth, man, you you are hitting the nail on on the head. We have because here's the thing. Uh, the stronghold that has to be broken off of the black community is this ability to allow people to manipulate us through race baiting and race hustling and the sad thing is 92 percent of the time we vote yeah for the party that seeks to wipe us out wow yeah i fight an uphill battle right i i, I am like john the baptist of, <laughs> you know the yeah. voice of one crying out in the wilderness make straight the way of the lord um oftentimes my my message is not received in the in in the black community although i'm not changing my message to fit someone's pulpit mm, that's right I, I'm not going to uh, conform and shave off some of the truth of what God has given me from his word. That's right. Just so that I can fit into the square hole, you know what I mean, that many want me to be in, in the box. That's right. Me to support. Um, no, I'm not going to do that because fidelity to God's scriptures and fidelity to God is what we should be seeking after. Mm. You know, we're not going to be perfect. And yeah. situations happen where people through their natural behavior, they end up in a situation where a woman might be pregnant. OK, and they have choices, you know, but the choice that the left loves is not the choice of mm. giving that mother support. That's right. Throwing her a baby shower, providing tuition for that mother. That's not the choice. Yep. they, Because that's what our church has done for the past 10 years.
Yep. Amen. Time and time and time again. Now, we don't always broadcast it because we view it as alms deed. Yep. Right. You know what we do in the secret in the secret place. God would would will reward us openly. And so um, we support countless mothers who were abortion minded, but they kept the baby. But that choice is not a choice worth applauding. Right. The left. The, the choice right. they love is when we when 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 women go into the clinic and they pull out these dead presidents mm. and put their token into the belly of Molech. <laughs> yep. Wow. And support the killing of the unborn. They love yep. that. Yep. That's they right. love it. And let's prove it, John. I was told and reliably informed by the left that abortion was only 3% of Planned Parenthood services. Oh. So what's the big deal with Roe v. Wade getting overturned? It's only 3% of your profit margin. <laughs> and and I, I can debunk that from a statistical standpoint, but I don't need to. The response of the left losing their freaking minds over Roe v. Wade getting overturned proves it all. It's only 3% right. of what you do. You're not going <laughs> to lose anything, man. Anyways, it's right. ridiculous. But, uh, but I love what you said, straight into the belly of Moloch, because um, these quote unquote Christians on this panel, and I don't know if all of them espouse Christ, but I know Sonia Richards Ross said she follows Jesus. I know Emmanuel Acho says that. I know Chelsea Smith says that. Um, and I don't know about the other two. So you had at least half the panel who, who claim and call on the name of Christ, the greatest former fetus who have ever existed, who are more who are more committed to weeping with Moloch and mourning with Baal than they are for rejoicing with righteousness, brother. Mm. And, and that's exactly um, what I took away from that. You know, Proverbs tells us that um, when justice happens, the righteous rejoice, but the wicked flee in terror or are scared. So justice was done. More children will live. And the pro-life movement truly just begins now. And this Christian meeting of minds mm. was more about weeping for people who can't kill their babies than celebrating that the right to life of children is protected. You know, Henry Nouwen once said, John, that compassion without confrontation fades quickly into fruitless, sentimental commiseration. Uh, and the video here pretended to be about compassion. Correct. Chelsea Smith saying, Jesus emphasizes compassion more in the Bible than he does Psalm 139. So that's where I'm going to put my emphasis. What right. you're talking about is not compassion. It's fake compassion. It's faux compassion. Sure. And it's how the enemy of our souls has mm. always operated. For even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Yes. And so it should not surprise us when his followers do the same. Right. Um, I want to talk about something this woman, Dr. Yenny Abraham said with the, with whatever time we have left, because this is very important. A lot of uh, my uh, listeners asked me to cover this. You've been seeing these lies, John, about someone says, Hey, I'm on Chukwu. Uh, you've seen these lies about um, how women aren't going to have miscarriage treatments anymore. And they're not going to be able to get the surgery that removes the early child from the fallopian tube in an ectopic pregnancy because Roe v. Wade's overturned. And those yeah. are technically abortion procedures, which are now going to be illegal. So women with tubal pregnancies are going to die. Right. You're seeing this like viral all over social media. Right now. It's such a, such a lie. I did an Instagram reel. You guys can go look at it. It says debunked and I debunked the whole thing. It's very stupid. Um, but uh, Acho looks to Dr. Yenny Abraham 
who had gotten a procedure to remove a baby in the fallopian tube because she had an ectopic pregnancy. And here's what he said. He said, would you say that that abortion saved your life? And she said, absolutely. And then he said, do you feel more women's lives will be jeopardized by the Supreme Court hearing? And John, she said, 100%. She said, Emmanuel, women are already delaying these life-saving surgeries just out of fear. So we need to ask this question. Who is responsible for their unjustified and fantasy-based fear? People like you, Emmanuel Acho. So if you're listening to this, brother, you need to understand you were lying to millions of Americans. Yes. You were a liar. Let me prove it to you. Before Roe v. Wade, before 1973, John, before 1973, in states where abortion was illegal, right. did you know they were still performing different surgical procedures to remove babies in the fallopian tube with mothers who had an ectopic pregnancy? So if those procedures are illegal now because Roe v. Wade's overturned, why were they being done by medical professionals pre-1973 in states where abortion was already illegal? Because, guys, they're lying to you. This is a talking point to smear pro-lifers as what? As being complicit in murdering pregnant women with ectopic pregnancies. So therefore they can hit their political opponents over the head and say that we're the ones sacrificing the lives of women when they're the ones sacrificing the lives of pre-born women and pregnant women that they treat as clients for a sale called abortion. So we just needed to briefly debunk that lie. I don't know if you had anything to say about that, oh, no. but, but hearing that was despicable. Yes, you you you're you're on it there. Um, see, when you point out the fact that many of the panelists on on the show were Christians, okay, um, what kind of Christian? I don't know. You know, Matt Walsh did a uh, documentary called "What Is a Woman." Right, right, right. <laughs> we, we might need to do a documentary called "What Is a Christian." <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, because you have. You have all kinds uh, today. You know, so many, so many are uh, marginal Christian mm. or yep. part-time Christian, Christian by contract. Yep, that's right. Wow. You know, the contract is based upon you getting out of God what you want. Yep, that's right. And the moment the contract stops paying, and you mm. get, you stop getting what you want then you yep. go back to being worldly. Yep. Okay. That's right. um, but there are no part-time <laughs> positions in the kingdom. Is he the full? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Well, that, Paul talks about that in scripture, right, John? He talks about yeah. those people that went out from us, that left us. Yes. And he says, they were never with us. Never. They were never of us. Yes. It's like, yes. whoa. Yes. So, um, I, I, I want to finish talking about men, John, and I want you to take the yeah. lead on talking about men. And here's why. Yeah. Emmanuel Acho wraps up this segment, as you remember, John, and he says, as the resident ignorant male, as the resident ignorant male, he says, what role do you want men to play, to shut up or to speak up? And Sonia, the track star who got a medal, she got gold in return for killing her child. Right. She said, uh, the person that is involved should speak up and the ones that aren't should shut up. And she said, I feel like it should be a conversation with the two people who are involved. Oh, you mean the three people? You mean the child in the womb? Nope. Remember, filter out of sight, any recognition of a separate human being. And, uh, and she says, it's unfair that someone I've never met who doesn't care about me to make a decision about my body. Girl, it was never your body. The body in your body ain't your body. And then right. Chelsea Smith, the mm. pastor 
the wife of Judah Smith, whose father was Pastor Wendell Smith, who was a fiery conservative pro-life preacher. Someone sent me a segment, John, yesterday, a friend on, on Instagram, right. an old clip of Judah Smith's dad going straight fire on pro-life and the evils wow. of abortion from the pulpit. Chelsea Smith's father-in-law was an absolute pro-life hero. And, she, and you know what her response is? to the question, should men shut up or speak up? She tells right. Emmanuel Acho, John, she says, thank you for admitting that you're a man and have no clue what it's like to be pregnant or carry a woman in your belly. Oh, Chelsea, wait, what did you just say? You mm -hmm. just admitted that the pre-born child in the womb, if she's a girl, is a pre-born woman. That's a woman. That's a baby. And right. your response is that men should shut up? So your response, John, what would you say if Emmanuel watches this, what would you tell him as a man who thinks that men should shut up because we're resident ignorant males? Right. First and, first and foremost, Emmanuel took the wrong posture. All right. Um, he, he's, he's doing this whole uh, listening. You know, I'm, 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 I just want to be here. Right. Listen. You know, I just, I, I just want to take the approach <laughs> of listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, you know, he, he, he didn't practice equal time, i.e. Mm. He had a group of people who agreed and believed the same way on the show and no one else to oppose that or to counter what was stated. Right. But God did not call us as men to simply listen. Yeah. He called us to lead. Right. <laughs> and there was no leadership in the conversation. That's right. uh, every time a woman gets pregnant, mm. a man is involved. That's right. It's contrary to popular, popular, <laughs> we hear out here, men can't get pregnant. You know, we, we've started to confuse a man who has a beer gut <laughs> with, with a man's ability to be able to get pregnant. All right. Men can't get pregnant. And I honor women and what they can do and that they carry the seed i.e that the man deposits okay yep. into the uterus you know you have the left saying no, if you don't take your hands off my uterus you know no, no uterus no opinion yeah no uterus no opinion all, all all that stuff but in order for a baby to be conceived the man has to deposit something into that uterus. <laughs> okay so um, men should speak up because they have a role. They have a part. Yes, the baby is growing in the woman, but there's a part of me that I have released into that woman that I should shepherd and steward. Amen. I can't take the position of that's her problem. No, it's my problem too. That's right. And, I, and, and men need to step back into their rightful place and stop taking that weak position, that timid position of this is, you know, a woman's issue and I can't speak up. So I'm the reg, re, resident ignorant male or whatever he, he, he stated. So, no, you, you have something to say because you have a seed, right? Amen. Okay, you got the egg, you got the seed, the woman brings That's the right. egg, the man brings the seed. <laughs> Do the tango. If you exactly, if you don't have a part,
Can you hear me? Yeah. Right. Men need to be on the front lines of the abortion debate. Amen. Stop taking a, a, a back seat. Fellas, if you're watching this man out there, know you are involved. That's right. If, if, if that woman goes down there and she has an abortion, when, father, when Father's Day rolls around, you are still a father. Mm. Right? You just aborted your seed. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, you 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 had you you played a part in creating that challenge. So now it's time for you to step up and to uh, be in your rightful place. But much of what we're discussing, this debate around abor abortion, is bigger than that. You know, yep. really, what we are tackling when we talk about this abortion issue, we are tackling behavior issues. Mm. Yep. How do women get pregnant? They get pregnant through sexual intercourse. Yep. Right? But we don't want to place much time <laughs> on mitigating our behaviors. That's right. So we don't end up at Planned Parenthood. Yep. Okay? Now, we should preach the truth of God's word and address it on the front end, right? And we should preach the truth of God's word on the back end. So, you know, preach, preach to the young women and the men, you know, hey, man, in, in the church, you know, the traditional church, we say, keep your skirt tail down and keep your zipper up, right? <laughs> That's right. Pra pra practice that, you know, I believe yeah, amen. works every time, you know, but hey, there's some people who, you know, they get hot and bothered and they make decisions and choices before the time. But even when that happens, you know, make the right choice and have the baby or there's an option of giving that baby up for adoption. There are countless people out there, Christians That's who right. are willing to adopt the, the right. wanted baby. You know, the Amen. answer is not the choice of paying the clinic $500 to abort the baby. You know, there's right. someone willing to adopt that child and Amen. syncretism is the thing mm that has caused us to have this imbalance in the church, syncretism. Yep. It's the right. amalgamation or the attempted amalgamation of different religions and cultures and apologies. Yep. You know, so it's the Bible plus secular humanism. That's right, yep. It's the Bible plus uh, cheap grace and easy believism. Yep. No, what we need is the pure, sincere milk of God's word. We need Amen. the meat of God's word. We need yep. all of what God has said, and we need to be governed by it, and we need to live up to it. Amen. Amen, John. <clears throat> um, we're, I'm, we're about to wind down, guys. If you have any questions for John, put them in the comment section. Um, if you weren't aware of John Amanchuku before this, I'm sure you were very blessed. Um, but as people put any po possible comments or questions, John, as we wind down, and I want you to talk about your book, but I want to finish with this. If Emmanuel Acho watches this or any parts of this, I foresee a possible objection, John. Yeah. And the objection would be something like this. The squishy sort of liberalism argument, the, um, the, the uh, uh, sort of Christian um, liberty argument that says listen while i believe what the bible teaches you know hey this is a pluralistic society man and john in a pluralistic society man 
you know, I, I, I can't impose mm. my Christian beliefs onto the rest of the country. Um, now, of course, anyone that says that would fail to realize that the rights and privileges that they enjoy and take for granted were because Christians did impose a Judeo-Christian worldview belief onto a new society. <laughs> anyway, right. but people would say, uh, well, and maybe Emmanuel would say this. He'd say, he might say, well, I'm, personal, I'm personally pro-life in my own life. I wouldn't make my wife or girlfriend get an abortion. You know, I believe that's an image bearer of God, but, but that's a Christian belief and I shouldn't force that on other people. To which I would just briefly say this for anyone who might get objections like that. While we spoke from a Christian worldview because we were responding to people like Emmanuel Acho and Chelsea Smith who say that they're Christians and call on the name of Christ, therefore we're going to hold you accountable to the full counsel of God. Um, that's why we spoke about it in this vein. Um, but we're not pro-life simply because we're Christians, because all truth is God's truth. And so wherever truth shows up, that's true, whether the Bible discusses it or not. The Bible not, might not literally say, babies are persons with all the rights and dignity as born people from the moment of conception. But you don't need the Bible to say that because the science has been objectively true and proven for decades that from the moment of conception, there was a distinct living and whole human being. The only question is whether you're going to value that life or not. John, talk about your new book. Tell people where to get it. Share why you wrote it. And then we'll say goodbye to everyone. Well, uh, I wrote this book because of much of what I saw in the summer of 2020 as BLM and anarchists and Antifa, all the, those groups, they ruled the night. You know, after the death of George Floyd, we saw countless cities burned down. You know, city after city, we saw mayors and governors, Democratic men back and shout, defund the police and find ways to allow these anarchists to, you know, burn down stores and things of that nature. And while being at one of the busiest abortion clinics in the Southeast on a Saturday morning, I interacted with the father a black father in particular. And he came up to me and he said, why are you out here fighting a white man's issue? That's what he said to me. Okay. Wow. You know, there are people out there who believe calling abortion murder is a white evangelical issue. It's not a white evangelical issue. It's a Bible issue, right? Yeah. It's a God issue. That's what it is. Um, and so, I was perplexed on that day because he's telling me I'm fighting a white man's issue. But when I look around, when I looked around on that Saturday morning, 70% of the people outside trying to save the babies in the clinic were white, mm. but nearly 80 to 85% of the people in the clinic on that Saturday morning prepared to kill their baby. They were black. Wow. He's going to tell me I'm out here fighting a white man's issue. Now, now if I would have asked him, what is critical race theory? He probably would have told me, man, I've never heard of it. But he right. was walking poster child for all things CRT. Because even when whites come down there and a black man to help save babies, that's racism as well. Wow. So from there, you know, God birthed this fire in me to address the topic of critical race theory and abortion. And I link the two together in this book. The official wow. is going to come out on um, October 4th, 
Um, I initially published this book on my own, but it was has recently acquired by Salem Books. Um, and awesome. they're, they're going to do my next book as as well. You can awesome. find it on my website at johnamanchukwu.com or you can go to Amazon and you can find the book. We're still working on taking the old book down at this time, but the new book is up there as well. You'll, you'll be able wow. to see that it's been published by Salem Books. Don't purchase the wow. one uh, that was published by IKG Global. Uh, purchase the one that was um, um, published by Salem Books. Um, Erased is a movement that loves life of every race and color and sees all mankind, born and unborn, as one blood and equally valuable. Amen. That's the focus of this book. And it's a tool for the church. I say to everyone, before you cast your vote in the upcoming election, log on to johnamanchuku.com yeah. and for Amazon and purchase a copy of this book because it yep. gives you a theological position by which you should make your argument and or cast your vote. Come on. I believe that God is going to hold us accountable for not only what we have done in the body through deeds and action, but also the deed and how we support political parties. That's right. Right. God's going to judge us based upon what policies we supported and mm. what platforms we were comfortable with yep chapter in the book called watch pray and vote <laughs> yes yeah yes. and so we approach the election in november you need That's to right. get a copy of this book share it with somebody if you have a pastor who is more of a wimp than he is a watchman all right. There you go. Find that preacher and tell that preacher, hey, you need to read this book. And if the preacher is afraid to speak the truth, bring me in and book me and I will share <laughs> the whole counsel of God's word. In the book, I link the poisonous and diabolical history of the racism that's behind critical race theory and abortion. They're both fused together get together and chapter after chapter i provide theological arguments and factual arguments as well to point out these two diabolical forms of racism which have proven to be monsters you want a copy of this book seth gruber thank you so much for having me Amen. on your show it's been a blessing i pray that everyone was able to hear something um that um, you know, maybe it buttressed your arguments that you may have had. I hope that someone was convicted as Amen. you know, Amen. I even someone tuned in and said, you know what, I hate these guys and they clicked off. <laughs> you know, because at the, at, the, at, at the end of the day, that individual could be the next Saul. Mm. When Saul mm. saw Stephen stoned and he heard Stephen preach, right? Uh, the Bible says wow. hard to kick against the prick. Mm. That prick that kept jabbing Saul was the words of Stephen. Wow. And what he visually saw, and Stephen gave up his skull and was and was designated as the first martyr. Yep. He witnessed Saul. 
all right? A murderer, okay? And I want to say this. There is redemption for murderers. There is redemption for mothers who have killed their baby in the womb. If God, if God, now I've gone to preaching now. If yep. God could use the Apostle Paul to write the majority of the New Testament, and he was a killer. He was a murderer. He killed people. He locked them up and he cut their heads off. He was a dastardly man. But if God can use him to write the majority of the New Testament, God can deliver you from your blood guiltness. God can deliver you from that act Amen. of your baby in the womb. You know, I believe that mothers who have aborted their baby, but ask God for forgiveness. I don't view them as post-abortive. I view them as a restored life. That's right. Because who the sun sets free, <laughs> is free indeed. And listen, mother, you might be watching me right now and you've had an abortion. If you've asked God for forgiveness, you are free. You are just as much free as the individual who has a lying problem, but God forgive them. That's right. That's of the right. individual who committed adultery, but God forgive them. Or the, or the individual who has a drunkenness issue, they, they are a drunkard. God has yep. forgiven them as well. If you have asked God for forgiveness, you are a restored life. Right. And God has made you completely free. And I want to tell you today, mama, Listen to me, Mama Bear. Yes, I know you deal with the burden of the past and what you did. But I want to tell you to walk proud and put your hands on your hip and declare that you are free. You have Amen. been made free by the blood of the Lamb. And guess what? You're also a recipient of the rapture. Amen. God, Amen. come back for you one day. And guess what, mama? You'll meet that beautiful baby. That's right. Heaven. Listen, to every person that's out there who wants to be completely free, ask God for forgiveness, mm -hmm. right? For you aborting your baby. And guess what? God will forgive you and you will meet your baby in heaven. That's right. See, the left can't offer that. That's right. People who preach this weak gospel that Emmanuel Acho was talking about, he can't offer them. I offer you today an opportunity to go from uh, the judgment of hell right. to the redemption of heaven. Amen. You know, to the lost, the human experience, experience is nothing more than a horror story. Yep. Life is hard. But to the Christian believer, this is not a horror story. This is a drama. That's we right. have read the end of the book. <laughs> and at the end of the book, it tells us that we overcame by the That's blood right. of the Lamb and by the word. the word of our testimony. Mama, you don't have to grieve forever. Mama, hear my voice That's today. Right. Mama, share this today with some woman who's had an abortion. Mama, you can be free through John 3 and 16. You know, for the pastor who said, you know, we should put the emphasis where God places the emphasis, right? We only see John 3, 16 once. That's right. But at the end of the day, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. And listen, mama, you have the right to the tree of life. Mama, why live this life and deal with the burden of what you have done? Don't you know that God wants to welcome you into the body of Christ? Amen. Yes, there were some things that were stated on this segment that were possibly brash, that were direct, we we weren't PC. I'm not PC. Seth isn't per PC. We're two <laughs> brothers from another <laughs> from another. We're not PC. But guess what? We offer you the hope of the kingdom. That's right. I submit to you something today. I submit to you this: that you can be born again, and God can make you anew. Right? You can take the yoke of God upon you. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You don't have to deal with the torment of the past. You don't have to deal with the torment of your deeds and what you did. God wants to snatch you out of that low place of depression, mama. <laughs> God wants to erase your past and throw your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. The Old Testament talks about God placing our sins behind his back. And if mm -hmm. God isn't looking at it, why are you? Amen. But the only way for you to receive this kind of love, this is the true love, Emmanuel Acho. <laughs> way for you to receive this kind of love, marvel not, you must be born again. I love yeah. you with the love. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful analogy, right? We're talking about abortion. We're talking about uh, denying children the right to be born. Mm. And if you deny your, your child a right to be born, mm. it doesn't mean that God's going to deny you the right to be yes. born again. Yes. And, and so you're going to see your baby in heaven again one day because David said that my son will not return to me but I will go to him. That means every baby who is, dies through miscarriage or is murdered through abortion goes to heaven. But you're not going to see that baby again mm. unless you repent and believe. Come we on. do overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes. But that video, Uncomfortable Conversations with Emmanuel Acho, was not the word of the testimony. Nope. That was a bunch of lies. Yes. And we need to call the lies for what they are. Emmanuel, if you're watching this, come home. Yes. You're being used as a cheap prostitute of the Democrat Party. But worse yet, you're being used by Moloch, by the spirit of the age, who has always been obsessed yes. with killing babies. Yes. It is his high sacrament. And it is not compassionate or loving to tell yes. the women on that panel, yes, queen, preach your truth. We love you. What you needed to tell them was that they killed their child. Yes, And they will have no peace and they will have no rest and they will have no tranquility until they come to terms mm. with their sin, as we all need to do to be born again. Yes. John Amanchukwu erased, go get his book, brothers and sisters, picked up by Salem because it's such a phenomenal book and such an important resource for the body of Christ, the real body of Christ that doesn't break the bodies of babies for eternal life, but accepts the broken body of Christ for eternal life and peace. Mm. Woe to those mm. who say peace, peace, when there is no peace. That video was nothing short but saying peace, peace, where there is no peace. John, love you, brother. Thank love you for joining me. Take care. God bless.
All right, brother. Thanks for joining the show today, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with my good friend, Pastor John Amanchukwu. We'll put the notes to his new book in the show notes. Make sure you go pick up his new book, Erased, Erased, and uh, look out for him as a rising star in the culture wars and as a voice for the unborn. And his book will equip you to be a more effective voice for the unborn. Would you share this episode with your woke pastor, friends, family members, uh, pro-choice Christian friends, uh, and those who claim to stand against systemic racism while they favor abortion? Share this video as a response to this horrible Piece by Emmanuel Acho and his pro-abortion friends. If you want to book me for an event, head on over to sethgruber.com to sign up for my newsletter. To join the White Rose Resistance as an ally in my new organization, go to www.thewhiterose.life, thewhiterose.life. Become an ally and you will get our Leaflets of the Resistance exclusive equipping newsletter with short, condensed, concise, persuasive talking points to make you an effective voice for the unborn in these abortion wars. Um, and if you want to follow me online, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Help us reach more people. Leave a rating for the show. We really appreciate it. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.